0: Your spirit Glory to you.
1: To eat. The gospel thanks, thanks be to God.
0: Feels like it's been a long time since I preached. I wonder if I still remember how. We'll see how it goes. This evening um, Mark offers up to us, and perhaps it's a good thing since we're almost to the Fourth of July. He offers up to us a gospel hamburger. I know that sounds kind of weird, and it, it is kind of weird actually, because Mark does this funny thing at this point in the Gospel where he he takes one wonderful story. And he slices it in half as if it were a bun. And then he slips another wonderful story in between and makes something completely new out of the two. So if you remember the story, the first part of it, Jairus, this official of the synagogue, approaches Jesus and he falls down at Jesus' feet and in almost in worship of Jesus because he's heard about him and maybe met him before, who knows. And he has this... Tremendous request that he wants to make of Jesus and he's, he's overwhelmed with feeling because his little 12 year old daughter is dying and he wants Jesus to save her, to restore her, to renew her, to, to raise her up. And so he makes his request of Jesus And he says, Jesus, come to my house and simply lay your hands on my little daughter so that she can live. And guess what? Right at that point, Mark gets his slicing knife and he cuts that story off right there. And then he switches to a completely different story. Jesus is being... Tossled by people and he's got all kinds of people around him and, and before he can even answer, he's touched by this woman who has been suffering with the flow of blood for 12 years. Now, this woman has absolutely nothing to do with Jairus or his daughter, seemingly anyway. She's been suffering. She too, in a way, is close to death. Because of the nature of her illness, she is rejected by her people. She is a non-touchable. She is someone who could never go to the synagogue or to the temple because she's ritually unclean. She knows that anybody that touches her or anybody that she touches is also made ritually unclean, and they have to go through all these rituals and baths to be made clean again before they can worship God. And so, it's with complete opposite of Jairus, instead of being an important person who can approach Jesus and speak to Him and even fall at His knees without worrying about about anything because He's a good guy, this woman, she can't approach Jesus except in secret. She knows that she would never get an audience with Jesus. She could never have a discussion with him. She could never approach him and say, Lord, heal me. Because if she touches Jesus or if she touches anyone else, they're made ritually impure. And here she is dying of this terrible thing that none of the doctors of the time could fix. They only made it worse. It's not just a physical illness, it's a spiritual disease that she's got. Nobody wants either one of them. And so in her desperation, in her desire to live, in her desire to be healed, in her desire to be saved, she gets as close as she can to Jesus and she simply touches the hem of his robe so that she can be healed. And guess what? She is healed. And Jesus experiences the power of God touching her. And he turns around and says, Who touched me? And the disciples say, Well, how everybody's touching you, Jesus. What a stupid question to ask. He says, No, who touched me? And the woman confesses. She fesses up. She falls on her knees and says, It's me. I'm sorry. And then Jesus does this wonderful thing where he takes her and he calls her my daughter. And he reassures her that she's been healed not only in body, but she's been saved as well. And then Mark takes his knife and he slices that story off and he goes back to the first one. So, you got the second part of the bun. We're back to Jairus. And Jesus goes up to Jairus' house. And before they can hardly even begin, the word comes back that the little girl has died already. So there's no need for Jesus. You know, be on your way. It's too late. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. I'm going. I'm going to the house. And he gets there and there's all kinds of wailing and they got professional criers at the door and there's all kinds of commotion and everybody's upset because the girl has died. And Jesus pushes them all out of the way. And he even, even pushes out of the way all of his own disciples except for John, Peter, and James. And he brings them in along with mom and dad. And he does something wonderful. He touches the girl. He takes her hand. He says those beautiful words, which sound even maybe more beautiful in Aramaic than they ever would in English. Talitha kum, rise, little girl. And she does rise. She gets off of her deathbed. And she gets up and she walks around and then Jesus adds this grace note to the story and says, Okay, give her something to eat. She's probably hungry. And that's where the third part of the story ends. So what's Mark up to? By smashing together these two stories, one half here, one half here, and the lady in the middle making a gourmet burger of gospel light out of two separate stories that independently are not nearly as delicious or as rich or as meaningful. Mark knows what he's doing by putting these two stories together and he draws connections that are subtle. How old was the girl? Twelve years old. How many years has this woman suffered with her infirmity? Twelve years. How many tribes of Israel are there? Twelve tribes of Israel. They, these two women, the little girl and the old woman with her infirmity, they represent Israel. They represent God's people. And what happens to them? Mark tells this story in such a way that it becomes clear who Jesus is. This is what the scholars call a theophany moment. It's like Jesus on the mountaintop with which apostles? Peter, James, and John. And the clouds come and the voice declares, This is my beloved son. Except here there's no mountain, there's no clouds, and there's no booming voice. Same as at the Jordan River, when Jesus is baptized by John. No clouds, no doves, no booming voices saying, this is my beloved son. This theophany in the Gospel of Mark, this revelation of who Jesus truly is, this display of godness in Jesus is done without any of the accoutrements that usually attach to Jesus' divinity being made visible to his disciples and his followers and whoever else. In healing that woman of her flow of blood, it is God's power that does that. In Jesus. In raising up to extend the miracle even further. Not miracle really, the mystery, the grace. He raises from the dead this little girl. And these two things together make one big thing. It's almost Easter. It's almost the resurrection. It's Jesus saving these women, saving Israel, saving his people through the power of God. But not with lightning bolts, not with thunder, not with clouds. With human touch, through his humanity, he makes God visible. The woman touches him, touches him. The most tender, the most corporal, the most easy gesture among human beings to touch one another. And it's through human touch that God is made visible and present in that woman's life, in Israel's life. And to double down on this, to make it a one-two punch so that those who are reading this gospel won't miss the point. What does Jesus do with the little girl? He takes her hand. He touches her hand-to-hand, finger-to-finger, thumb-to-thumb, and she rises. Now this is really important for Mark, for Jesus, for all of us. How is Jesus' divinity experienced? How does Jesus heal, and save, and raise up. How does God make himself present in our world? Through clouds, through booming voices, through lightning, through mountaintops? No, out on the dusty road with a woman who is disrespected, With a woman who's suffering, with a woman who's ready to die and give up. Touch. Human touch. That reveals God in Jesus to her. And the little girl? In a house, in her bedroom on her deathbed, in a village, with a dirt floor, with dust and mites and mosquitoes. And Jesus touches her and gives her life and raises her up and saves her. How do we experience the divinity of Jesus? God made flesh the Son of God by looking for mountaintops. Oh, if I can just get to the mountaintop and get under that big cloud, I'll hear God's voice. By going down to the river and being baptized by John, well, maybe. But far more likely, far more likely for us as human beings, we will experience and we do experience the healing power of God the saving power of God, the raising up power of God, right here and now in the humanity of Jesus as we touch him and he touches us. That's the gospel burger that Mark serves us this evening. Lower your eyes. Look at your neighbor. Look at your husband. Look at your wife. Look at your children. Look at your grandchildren. Look at your great-grandchildren. Touch them. Open your hands. Receive a little white piece of bread that's been consecrated. Touch Jesus He touches you. And it's through that touch, however it comes, that we, like the woman along the road, and we, like the little girl on her deathbed, are made well, healed, saved, and in the end, raised up.